Believe it or not, we are 100 days away from the beginning of football season. How about that? How about that? I made a paper chain uh, recently. Yeah. Oh. I rip one when I get home. Very good. It's like the uh, it's like the guitar lessons, right? Like the whole pull the tab and there you go. Yeah. And then you get the phone number on there. Very and nice. Look at that. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline is our friend Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston. He is down at Gillette for OTAs. Tommy is brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lopresti, Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tom Kern at 1-800-GET-HAIR. Tommy, uh, first of all, how was your holiday weekend? You go from uh, sweltering in the heat to now all of a sudden it's nice and cool hanging out outside of Gillette. It is cool, and thank you for asking. Had a great weekend. Got a little bit of a spring cold. Hmm. Keep testing negative, so we keep taking that, but a little bit of a spring cold that we are monitoring at the moment. But out here at Gillette right now, and these guys are just, they did their drills, and they are doing sprint after sprint. After sprint, after oh boy. sprint. Boy. <laughs> wow. Getting after it a little bit. Hey, conditioning. You can never get in too good a condition. Big, uh, biggest well, they, take- did this, they did this last week at the end of practice. Hmm. And I was like, wow. If these, if they want these voluntary OTAs to not be down to seven guys, they got to watch it with the sprints. But they're back at it again. Uh, biggest takeaway or two from uh, Bill Belichick's uh, media availability today. Well, it's, it's interesting. We've gone over so much of the conversations that – were relative to the coaching staff and the personnel. So I kind of wanted to let that sit. And I asked Bill about, you know, the changing NFL and the way the team employs different models for players. For instance, Tyquan Thornton is the, the lightest and wide receiver they've drafted. He's also has the worst lateral quickness and the speed quickness in terms of um, free cone and, and short shuttle but he's the fastest since Bethel Johnson. So how does that change? How does that fit? And Bill, I thought was really good on talking about how all the different measures that the team uses, they're going to look at it and they're going to look positionally and see what the value is across the league for different positions and see where they match up economically over three, five and 10 year windows. So I found that interesting. We're kind of in that period of time where it's a team building exercise as opposed to a, a news breaking exercise. I feel mm-hmm. But maybe I'm wrong. Ask me anything. Well, <laughs> Tom, I, I, it's interesting Belichick's answer on the whole third wide receiver and how's that developed, and he kind of touched on that. And, it, you know, Bill, it, it feels like to us anyway, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, that when everybody's doing one thing, he wants to go do the other. And they mm-hmm. were and they were responsible for making the slot receiver kind of a starting position in the league, given the way they use Welker, Edelman, at all. That said, I, I, I took those comments of third wide receiver as a, well, yeah, it's matchup based, but also I don't know if Bill Belichick sees the value of the third wide receiver the way people do on the outside. What do you make of all that? It's a great question. I thought it was interesting that he actually used the term third wide receiver. Right. Because, you know, one, two, and three numbering wide receivers in terms of what their import is, is not something that, you know, even us covering the team will dispute the notion of it as opposed to there are different pass catchers on the team and they could be tight ends who could be your number one target in a certain week or your slot or your outside guy, whatever. But I think that he does believe that his Jacoby Myers or his Kendrick Bourne are vital. Um, and he's he's trying to to keep up in that in that vein. To me, it's it's really interesting because 
they have such a balanced group of wide receivers with no standouts and nobody who you're saying, well, what the hell is he doing here? Uh, until we know what Tyquan Thornton is going to do, I'm going to presume he's going to be capable. So the whole thing is interesting. When you, another aspect of it, and I, and I wanted to ask him, was the Patriots over the course of time have done a great job zigging when the rest of the league is zagging, using the 3-4 as a good example back in the early 2000s. They went after big fat guys for the front of the defensive line, and they'd use four heavy linebackers when most of the league was using 4-3, and that's why Mike Vrabel had value here. For instance, they did it again in 2018 when they pivoted to a running attack and using their fullback because their personnel dictated that, and it worked well for them for 18, part of 19, and, and into 20. But now you can see a pivot back to paying the most at the wide receiver excuse me, third most at the wide receiver position and first most at the, at the tight end position in 2022 relative to the cap. So they're pivoting to become more explosive. I know Belichick was asked about Dante Hightower and a possible return for him, and he gave you the stock answer. We'll talk about the players that are here, but any intel on your end about uh, Hightower's future? I just don't think he'd be a fit. And I, I talked to Henry McKenna, who asked the question afterwards. He just... It, as a 250-pound linebacker who's not as fast as he was, I think they're moving on from him. And I thought Bill's comment about him as one of the best linebackers he's ever played here is, is probably the beginning of his epitaph. Um, and at some point we will, depending upon what Hightower decides to do, and maybe he comes back. I don't have any intel that he's not going to come back. But if you read the tea leaves on the way the, off, excuse me, the defense is being put together, it seems as if he is the odd man out the same way Kyle Van Noy and, and Jamie Collins were. They just don't want the big guys right now, aside from Jawan Bentley. Do you think, though, that Dante Hightower could play at a bit of a different position? Like, for example, say Uche goes down. Could they call Hightower and plug him into that role, keep him away from being a second-level linebacker, and him still be able to survive in this league? Or is Hightower oh, yeah. – or is uh, so you do think he could kind of move if up you, and change positions? If you asked Hightower to, hey, go be Rob Ninkovich on the left end of the defensive line opposite he, Matt he Judon. Could, he could do that. I think so, but – you know, they're going to say we're going to pay you $2.1 million to do that. <laughs> well, there you go. There lies the rub, right? Yeah, sure. I could step up and play physical. Oh, you're only going to pay me this? Okay, well, uh, it's better to that, stay that at I home think... and I'll go on with Tom Kern every week. And again, that's that's my, my guess on the landscape. But he's a player who made $10 million last year. And the Patriots are going to look at that and go, he did not give us $10 million worth of production. We're not doing that again. And I think when you become accustomed to making a certain level of Okay, and look, he's he's played for either Nick Saban or Bill Belichick since he was 17 years old. Since 2008, he's been under those two guys. I wouldn't blame him if he's like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, I've had a my mind needs here. a break. I, I need a long break, please. <laughs> uh, Tom, what about the absences? I know we we had you on last week or two weeks ago talking about some of the guys that weren't there. Any anybody jumping out to you that's still not there? Again, just to the naked eye, and we are up on a hill overlooking it. I I should always check with my guys, Mike Reese and Phil Perry, to to make sure they're correct. There is still no Isaiah Wynn, still no Matt Judon. Um, I don't think I see Raekwon McMillan either, who's a a linebacker, or Jabril Peppers. So those are, are four names of note. Yeah, interesting with with Isaiah Wynn. I mean, obviously it's all speculation at this point, but is that just injury or what? Because... 
pretty big year for Isaiah Wynn, I would say. It feels uh, like it feels like no long term <laughs> contract, no appearance at voluntary perhaps, OTAs. Perhaps. Yeah, it's hard for a guy who was, you know, their least consistent offensive lineman to kick rocks over making ten million dollars this year and think that he would if this is even the case would be deserving of a long term extension. He just the the Patriots rightly have great questions about whether or not they would be spending like $60 million or whatever it would be over four years on Isaiah Wynn if that's what he thinks he's worth as a former first-round pick who's going to play left tackle through his prime years on the planet. Uh, Tommy Curran, by the way, of NBC Sports Boston here with Gresh and Keith. He's with us on the Harbor One hotline here on WEI. Tommy, uh, I know the Patriots did not, during free agency, engage in, quote-unquote, cleaning up the cap a little bit. They're very tight up against it. Obviously, this is the beginning of them getting intel. Are you expecting, before the season starts, a round of either tweaks, adjustments, things like that? Or are they just going to go into it with the way kind of the salary cap is structured heading into the year? Boy, they, they literally can't. I mean, you, I, they don't have their entire rookie class signed, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you always need a kitty of, you know, five million dollars or so that you can make moves with as the season progresses, so that you can bring guys in, or if you have cap hits that accelerate because of release, any of that stuff. You need you need space. So. It's a good question. I don't know where they would do it. The most obvious spots would be, you know, extending Hunter Henry. Um, punter's making pun, – yeah, punter's supposed to make $4 million. That doesn't compute in the Bill Belichick world. Well, Hunter – but in a way, do you mean the tight end? No, I'm no. not – no, I'm talking Bailey. about at, at punter, Jake Bailey. supposed to make $4 oh, million. Oh, oh. Yeah, no, no, that, yeah I, I, said Hunter, I said Hunter Henry. Yeah, yeah, no, you uh, did. But to drive down those numbers – um, for guys who are established. Look, you know Hunter Henry's going to be a good player. He's carrying like a $10 or $11 million cap it. Add a year, convert his stuff, whatever it takes, um, because you know he's going to be around. Johnny Smith is a big number. We all know Nelson Aguilar is a big number. Um, maybe even extending Aguilar and knocking his number down would make some sense because I, I don't think he's going to be the disaster. I, I don't think he was an abject disaster last year. He just didn't play anywhere near the level of a player who was getting $22 million in two seasons should. Yeah, when it when it looked like he got big money. Now in the world of big money, it's like, eh, okay, not as terrible. But we will, uh, I'm sure, talk about uh, the wide receiver group ad nauseum over the next couple of months. Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston. Tommy, thank you, friend. We'll catch you next week. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Right, thanks, there Tom. we go.